2: Hello and welcome everyone to episode 8 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our suspension week 3 episode. This episode is brought to you by being healthy at home, which, no, it's not a joke. I want everyone out there to be practicing that during this time, so be healthy at home, be safe, and... Good luck. No, sorry. That's the way the show ends. Uh, I am uh, your host, Reed Connolly, and as always, this show is brought to you by the amazing Patreons that support the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast and MLSFantasyBoss.com, my website, yada, yada, blah, blah. Having some fun with the intro today for those of you who are longtime listeners of the show. We have a fun show planned tonight. We are talking homebrew fantasy. And I know every time I say this, uh, Blaine tells me he thinks of homebrew liquor. So, um, no, that's not. We're talking about homebrew fantasy systems. And I've taken some feedback on Twitter. Uh, We had some of these thrown out to us the last couple of weeks. And so our special guest tonight, this is going to be a two-part episode uh, of people who do their own fantasy homebrew system. So our special guests tonight are the Nerd League Soccer Team Group uh, for the win. You guys are out there. Uh, I've got Harrison and Eric, and we've also got Evry, who is from Blaine's Own. uh, I guess it's not Blaine's Own. Blaine participates with it, but he is uh, part of Blaine's Draft Facebook League as well. And of course, as always, I am joined by my partners in fantasy, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are all of you fellas doing tonight? I'm good. We've got some great... Super fantastic. fantastic. Glad to have you all here. Um, yeah, I basically just ran down what we're going to be doing, but when I was first talking about the history of Major League Soccer and I was asking for... Fantasy Soccer, sorry. Fantasy Soccer. I was asking for some other ideas from people, and I had the, the Nerd League tagged in a couple of posts, and I, I, I remember hearing about you guys... Early on before like it wasn't completely unaware but it just didn't really jog my my memory 100% for that but that's what started churning in my head of like oh yeah Blaine does his own stuff you guys have their own stuff that could be fun to do a, to do a show so I'm super glad that you guys could be here we got double teaming from the nerd League as well and then we have every. How long have you been affiliated with the Facebook draft league that Blaine participates in?
3: Blaine, I think we've been going five years strong now. Let's I think, to... I think so. I think it's five or six. Yeah. And what about the nerd um, league?
4: I think this was our fifth season, 2016 start. All right. Yeah. Then you guys are about the same.
2: Excellent. Excellent. And uh, so we're here just to talk about all of the stuff. So, uh, you've also heard us talk about the show league. We'll have that coming up in, in another episode. That's a system that uh, Mike Blaine and I both, both dabble all dabble in mm-hmm. to, to various extents um, And uh, then we have a couple other guys who run draft leagues and other other various flavors of fantasy. Um, We're looking forward to Josh being able to join us, but he uh, could not be with us tonight. He is a healthcare worker and is out in Virginia. They just had a shelter-in-place order, and so our our thoughts are with him and our thoughts are with the people in Virginia. And that's one reason I say it every week, but I'm just hitting it home again. This podcast is still going, this video is still going, because uh, we understand the importance of just a mental break as well during this time i know a lot of people are working yeah. at home who don't always work at home or maybe are working at home with co-workers who they don't always work at home with and i know it can be super stressful uh, and we just want to make sure that you have an hour or so where you can relax and laugh and join us for just some simple fun so uh, super happy to have you guys with me again uh, we got a few people in chat with us right now, and that's fine. We uh, People come and go throughout the show, and so we're happy to have you all as well. We'll get your feedback as we go. Let's just start with the Nerd League, and tell me two things, two questions, and you guys can alternate or do together however you want to do this. Give me a quick rundown about your game and a little bit of the history of how you came to be these five years.
1: Ah, uh, the history of how we... I, I basically put it out on Twitter. I wanted to do an auction-style uh, Keeper League. And this is Harrison. And this this is this is Harrison, sorry. Um, so um, for a number of years, we've handled ASA and all the ASA data. So we had everything kind of at our disposal to pivot to a spreadsheet-type league. And so uh, I put a kind of all-call-out to bunch of people a bunch of people responded and over the course of the last five years we've just kind of maintained we've grown a little bit eric how many people did we start out initially i think 10. i think we, yeah i think we had 10 the first year and then either second or third year added two more yeah just kind of it, it it had to balance a little bit i think we had too few teams for the expansions that were happening and so um with that we've kind of been uh a, we've described it or I've described it as an auction based, uh, keeper league is that you think that's pretty accurate.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it, it's just, uh, once a year, um, we have an auction style draft, uh, to where we throw a player out and <laughs> it goes bananas for about 12 to, uh, what 24. I, I think the longest that we've had is about 24 hours running for a player and it it's in slack. And so there's a lot of stuff that happens in between that. Uh, players go, people going $1 up and then holding bidding for an hour to see what happens. And then from there, uh, once a team has a player, they have that player for three years before they have to go wow. undergo, uh, I forget the terminology we came up with, but. Basically they have to go back through the auction process
4: yeah. within three years. Um. You so you you can keep you can keep a player for three years. You don't have to keep them. You get you get what eight keepers per mm-hmm. per off season. Um, and I, I think the one thing that I really like about the the auction, you know, then like fantasy football auctions where everyone sits down and like you do the whole auction in three hours, we take like six weeks to do our auction because case <laughs> we do it in our Slack channel. <laughs> so we started like mid January this year, and like the week before the season started, we were finally done with our auction.
2: Wow, that is that is intense. Uh, Blaine, you're one of the the resident homebrew guys on the show. We had some language thrown out here that everyone listening may not be familiar with. So we've already talked about Keeper League and auction style. Do you want to break down some of these terms for us?
3: Yeah, Keeper League, um, that's something we actually don't do in ours. And uh, we do a different system, which I'll let every talk about in a little bit. But Keeper League means you get to hold over a set number of players from year to year. And that works really well when you're running with a consistent group that's going to be playing year after year after year. Um, If you are lucky enough to grab Carlos Vela, you could keep him, sounds like in this system, three years before he has to go back through auction. I bet that's going to be crazy when he hits it. Um, Some leagues allow you to keep their guys indefinitely. So if you are lucky enough to grab that guy or you've got a good player for a long time, um, gets a lot of long-term investment going. It's a really fun way to play because you can, you know a good core of your team from year to year. And you also have some guys, if you get somebody young that comes on strong, you can switch them out. So that's Keeper. Um, auction League, I've never played with an auction style in Fantasy. Um, Eric, Harrison, you guys want to fill us in on what you mean with an auction?
1: So uh, for us and I don't necessarily it changes for all sorts of Eric. You said you play fantasy football. How does this what we do compare to what you've done in the past? Because this is really the first the first uh, auction that I've done, and I, I think we do it very different than than the than the normal. I mean, I think the main difference
4: is the fantasy football auctions I've done. You know, you're all sitting down either in the same room or on your computer at the same time, and you have like a one minute timer on your bid. Whereas we basically say like you've got 24 hours, so you know so whoever's up first in the nomination will will nominate a player and they'll nominate at whatever price they want to start at. Often a dollar, sometimes you know if like Vela or someone, um, it's often higher. Um, and we just bid until everyone until all you know all but the winning bid uh, passes on that bid. So it, that's kind of what leads to it taking longer. We, we kind of just we're not in a rush to make sure we get it all done at the same time um but yeah i mean we get you know you get the like dollar increases and then sometimes someone's just like all right screw it like jump it up by ten dollars i think it <laughs> or or twenty dollars you know whatever
5: um and is there is there a dollar limit
4: so we have a, uh, and i can harrison can may talk might know more than over to the top of his head but i think we start with three hundred dollars for our auction yeah. budget yeah um, mm-hmm. and then we have additional money that, so we, we call it Gam and Tam, we have additional money that we
1: get. <laughs> but do you have after,
2: funny, funny abbreviations alternate of what Gam and Tam really are?
1: Do they um, us? No. No. <laughs> no. no oh. Not really. It's, so you get $300
4: oh. for the auction and then you get another, is it $50 this year? Yeah. Um, that you get
1: after the auction. Yeah. Plus uh, your rollover. Plus rollover. If you want to seasons. If you want to. Seasons, yeah. <laughs> you you want to really eight, uh, so you can. So we do allow for half your budget from the previous season to roll over. Uh, so for teams that don't want to spend very much, at first we kind of uh, I, the the idea was suggested. I think the first season, and I think we were really uh, kind of timid about that because it seemed like that would be a lot of money. And the more that we did it. Um, you'd be surprised at how people spend their money. And there just isn't a lot of money that gets rolled over year over year, or people (laughs) uh, have yet to really commit to to botching an entire season so that they could roll over so much money. Because even if you roll over a ton of of money onto the next season, you're still, that's for one season. You don't get that for the, the season following. So you get one real serious go At it and it's just not worth it to a lot of people. To well, it hasn't been worth it to any of us so far.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I think two years ago I had a pretty significant rollover when I knew I wasn't going to make the playoffs, so I traded Javinko, who was on like sixty-three dollars out of three hundred, and so that freed up a lot of space and I had a bunch of rollover. But yeah, I mean, and there were a few this year that had some decent, but no one's kind of gone all in on the I'm going to tank so I can have you know. $600 $600 the next
0: season
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. or 500 or
2: whatever. These are price ranges that I'm sure would make Don Garber cringe when he's
1: thinking about <laughs>
2: his expansions and his gam and his TAM and these prices. This is, this is ridiculous. Uh, not, ne-
1: not necessarily. You'd be surprised, uh, especially towards the end of uh, rounds. Like I had Ola Kamara the first year for $1, Tyler Adams for $2. I mean, it, the guy is at the end of it, at the end of this thing we spend a lot of money and we go out of it and then you kind of forget about people that are on the fringe that haven't necessarily found their way yet so it 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 levels out you know you and you spend your keepers often on those low budget value finds than you do Mm. on trying to secure those uh high point getters because Mm. high point getters you can go ahead and you can most of the time get people that are Pretty close. Obviously, like uh, Blaine said, Carlos Vela, you're not going to go ahead and auction him off every year because that would just be an enormous amount of your budget. But guys that are, you know, in that twenty to forty dollar range, they're they're most likely going to get auctioned off every season. Just
2: just throw a K right after that, and it just seems so much more (laughs) MLSy.
5: Right there, (laughs) right there.
0: So do y'all have a, so- a roster size or can y'all stash as many young players as you want?
1: So we've kind of actually gone back and forth on that. It's funny that you mentioned uh, last, uh, for a couple seasons we had uh, we, what did we have? Like, we called it youth a youth roster yeah, spot or something uh, I don't like remember. Pro- it was like our, pro- our prospect reserve TRL. list I think Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just it, it didn't work out people kind of started abusing it uh, which <laughs> happens in our league with you know you you have this many rule sets people take I mean, our what what was our for the longest time the rules were more like gui- guidelines i think it was our it was our motto yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes so i mean it gets a little precarious. So it it's a little hairy um but yeah we we've we've toyed with doing that beforehand I don't think it really works. Uh, a couple people have pointed out in the past that the idea is you also want to have a stable enough pool so that when players get injured, you can replace, maybe not like for like, but you can go and find a player to, to fill in the back end of your roster. So, And then to add uh, to that, we do have 28 roster slots that every team has. Um, our rule set, though, is that pretty much anything that's not nailed down, Bench wise is tradable, so you get guys that will go into the season with. They have to have a minimum of 18 roster spots, Uh, so they're trading them off for money, like it's going out of business. And then you have other guys that will collect, you know, 35 roster spots and just, you know, roster a bunch of one dollar players, just hoping for a flyer. So lots of a lot of different different tactics when it comes to roster building. Yeah, I was just—I'm glad you remembered 28 off the top of your head because I was
4: looking at our our list of of like allocated roster spots and I couldn't figure out from looking at our list what
0: the actual number was because it ranges
4: from 25 to 30 that people have based based on trades.
2: That that seems very MLS right there. That that I can get behind. Uh, before we get too much too many follow ups, uh, let's uh, everyone I give you a chance to uh, give a little talk about uh, your system and what's what's the
5: official name that you all go by uh, Wayne what is it this year because we actually recently changed it uh-huh.
3: um, it we used to be the MLS discussion group fantasy league or draft fantasy league but because we were we originally all started in a Facebook group that's now 20,000 strong and doing a lot of stuff and that's where we all kind of pulled from to begin with um, right now, um, I've got MLS XIIX. I think that's right. The most MLS official. 11. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. So all we've got.
5: Little little history on the league. Essentially, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Jason Robertson, uh, who was kind of connected uh, to all of us through that MLS uh, discussion group, uh, basically wanted to run a trial for a, um, a draft-style league about five years back. Uh, started with I want to say eight to ten of us. Uh, and pretty straightforward. 18 roster spots. Um, you know, full-blown draft style. Over. I think it was Google Hangouts. Um, scoring based off the MLS Fantasy website. Okay. Uh, week weekly. Uh, uh, what the heck is it called? Open uh, open window and. Um, uh, it's it
3: called uh, waiver window. waiver
5: waiver wire basically, um, and so started with about eight to ten people, um, and then subsequently grew into four divisions of forty, which has now uh, contracted slightly into uh, three divisions of twelve each, and we went through a couple different uh, formulas where we were doing. Uh, promotion, relegation, and uh, playoffs and shield. We had uh, a Champions League going uh, for a spot in the first division one year. So we had people coming up from the third division, different varying levels. Hmm. To Blaine's point, uh, originally started with a lot of these MLS uh, discussion group folks. Uh, we ended up pulling in some folks who were like, I think, top 100 from uh, MLS Fantasy website. I think that's how we got uh, Jeff.
3: Yeah, that's where Jeff came from. We've got three or four uh, show league players in there with us now, too. And uh, it's
5: developed into something quite substantial, yeah.
3: So you don't do the auction
2: style. You use more of that traditional fantasy football, fantasy NFL system where you have the waiver wire. If someone's available, you have a priority of who can can grab a guy or, or...
5: Yeah, so okay. uh, the the waiver wire is based on basically reverse uh, draft. Uh, those spots are tradable and they shift based on your selection every week and that sort of thing. Um, what's been interesting has been essentially the the strategy behind kind of how you're leveraging your roster, whether that's you know trading up on the waiver or you know drafting certain guys that you know that you're going to trade uh because you know a particular person has an interest in a certain team and that sort of thing uh, you know a lot of that strategy kind of behind mm. how uh, you're kind of weaving through some of that stuff uh in general I, I just enjoy the fact that uh it tests your your breadth of knowledge mm. in the league in terms of you know are you going to find that uh Little gem in the rough that's going to help you mm-hmm. out for a couple of weeks, and then maybe you can go and you can dump them. Um, it just it offers so much more of a challenge mm-hmm. than a lot of us were getting on the MLS website because you're seeing the same people, mm-hmm. stick the same players every week. Mm-hmm. Everybody had Giovinco, you know, everybody had Larry, that kind of thing. So.
2: You you bring up a point, which this should have probably been my first question for everybody, all the guests tonight. Uh, do you play the official fantasy game?
1: For the first I mean, like three weeks. That's that's a yeah, yeah. that's I mean, a just, fair answer. A that's that's a fair <laughs> answer.
2: That's a fair answer. Um, so since your game is based off of, you said it was based off of the scoring from the official game. Correct. Yeah. Right? So you're at least following that. I I am not going to ask you Nerdly guys this question just yet because I feel like with the name Nerd League, we're gonna we're gonna have a bit of a discussion about your points. So just put a feather in that. We'll, we'll circle right back around to this, uh, give Mike and Blaine a chance, though, to ask some more questions about, about our Facebook XII discussion. league. I don't know what you guys do with this. <laughs> need a name, need a name. You guys gotta work on abbreviations and making them fun. You guys gotta get a name. This is just, this some homework, this is homework.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, I'll jump in here. We, like like Avery said, um, We're a we are a promotion relegation league. And we—I don't remember how all it's done. I haven't been relegated yet, um, so I don't know what it takes to get back up to the top. But I think we get a couple from our Division Three that come up to the first to D1 every year. So it's not like you get thrown to the bottom and you're stuck in the basement. You can jump all the way up to the top. Oh, uh, absolutely, yeah. And that—that's yeah, really li- fun. Um, our roster is really- 18 spots, but it's completely free form other than goalkeepers. We do have a hard rule. You can only draft two keepers because we don't want somebody drafting 10 yeah. keepers and saying they're all – and just trying to use them all as trade fodder. You get to draft two, but you can have three on the roster at a time. Because when we're up to 12 teams in a league right now, and a couple of years ago when we jumped to that or when we started doing that, there weren't enough starting keepers for everybody to have two which made which made your backups and your sub spots uh, really rough. And so now we if we still allow you to have three, but uh, you don't see that as often anymore. A lot of guys are carrying one. And it's yeah, definitely so- been
5: interesting in terms of the expansion of the, the draft league itself, uh, conjointly with the expansion of MLS as a league, because we're mm-hmm. seeing more quality. We're seeing more starters. So not only do you have to know more teams, but uh, just allows you to have more talent available at your fingertips and makes it that much more competitive.
3: And one of my favorite things is not going through the waiver window, but the open window. When you grab some young up and coming player two weeks ago, and then he has a good week right there. And everybody starts trying to grab him really quick to find out he's already taken. That's just been one of the highlights of this one because <laughs> we do it in an open forum and somebody goes, Oh, I'm taking him. And I'm like, well, I wanted him. I want, and it's like, and somebody else comes in later and goes, oh, I've had him for two weeks. Sorry guys. It's just been <laughs> one of the, it's been one of the highlights of this. and It happens all the time because we can't keep up with everything and just there's, there's too much in the information spread out enough. And that's, it, it's always fun, but it's, it's, for, uh, for me, at least, this league has been a big learning experience for all the players. Um, 18 per roster and 12 rosters out there, that's a ton of talent being pulled out quickly. You've got to scrounge for some of your depth players, especially when injuries start coming in, and you really learn kind of the deeper parts of all the MLS rosters, not just the few teams you can follow or what you learn watching highlights on, on the website.
5: The draft style has been really interesting in that respect. Um... I'll give the example of last year. Uh, I think my first to second overall pick was Bradley Wright Phillips. Any other year, phenomenal pick, right? You're expecting that guy to score 15, 20 goals. Obviously, we all know what happened with Bradley Wright Phillips last year. Total bust of a year. Uh, I ended up picking up uh, Wando in a waiver wire, uh, final probably eight weeks of the season, maybe. And he just happened to go on a tear that specific period of time. Mm-hmm. And he basically saved me from relegation within <laughs> very, very slim margin.
2: So you mentioned that this system gives you a bit more of the, the nuance and and, and uh, that you were missing from the official system with the draft and the waiver wire. Is that the inspiration for this this game? Was it to recreate that more familiar American-style fantasy game? or something else
5: so i don't want to speak for for jason necessarily because he was the one who did found the league but i think he came from a background of being an mls fan being an nfl fan as well so i think he probably played in uh, nfl draft style leagues in the past and had kind of liked that format and was kind of frustrated with what was available to us as mls fans so got it okay
3: I helped write a, some of the early rules. Jason had a really good outline done, but I helped refine a lot of it as new stuff came up. Um, just as you, Nerd League talked about it, where there's rules that can be bent, they'll be bent and shaped to, shaped to fit your needs. Um, I helped come in and kind of iron out some of that nuance for some com, for competitive fairness more than anything.
2: Right, no and, selfish reasons at all for your team that's <laughs> never been relegated. yeah yeah
3: never never um no um one of the big things that i always got from working with jason on it was we didn't necessarily want to be like nfl fantasy but we wanted that draft mechanism for mls and we knew fantasy football has had such a good track record for so long we wanted to emulate that as close as we could because it was a proven working system and then we've made adjustments to that as needed um the waiver wire and the open window being two of them but then the roster limitations we've kind of done it all free form and i know in nfl fantasy you can't go quite as free form with that Um, i've seen teams in our league with seven or eight forwards because they're picking up all the prospects and just hoarding them to see what can happen i've seen teams run with three total defenders and we have the same limitation you have to start at least three defenders and so it's we've seen a little bit of everything in here and we've tried to keep the rules as flexible as we can but we've tried we've really held firm to that kind of traditional fantasy draft style because it's a proven system that works.
5: It's interesting to, to see based on how folks draft, you tend to see how the formations run out at a certain point in time throughout the league. Mm. You know, if somebody drafted well in the forward region uh, you know, people are running a three, four, three for most of the season. If somebody Really screwed up, and they're they're struggling a little bit with you know one reliable forward. People are throwing out the four five, one, and oh, it tends to just <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it tends to morph throughout the season based on kind of how things stacked up. That's rough, but um, it it's been interesting year over year to see we take screen grabs of uh, the completed drafts, and if you compare your drafted roster to your final roster end of season uh, we're talking maybe max three players hmm. still left on on your roster by the end of year or, original players rather
2: all right i'm gonna i'm gonna open the can now uh two questions back to the nerd league guys one what was your inspiration for making this league and then two let's talk about your scoring
1: uh inspiration it honestly it was uh, wanting to just have more control over your team we wanted to have uh it was almost like a simulation style uh control over as much as you possibly could and so some of it yeah pulling from traditional american uh drafts i did a lot of fantasy baseball growing up um, and even oh, uh, masochist. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. And, and, and so when I say I make it the first couple of, uh, of weeks, you know, it's, it's not because, uh, I don't have the ability to keep up with it. It's just, you know, what I've been down that road so many times. Uh, so for me and I, it, it, I'm speaking right now, Eric, uh, Mike, Justin we have a panel of people that helped put this stuff together uh Phil uh God rest his soul um, is no longer in our league he took, he took finally uh departed this past off season we miss him uh so much he's such a great guy but yep. Yep, uh, sure. so so many people put together our roles and I think that's ultimately what we kind of came down to was just uh trying to enable us to have as much control over our teams and input onto our teams as possible yeah, and I think the other thing,
4: too, that actually gets to the next question is wanting scoring that kind of more reflects, like, the breadth of things that a soccer player can contribute on the field and for that to show up in in fantasy. So you can have, you know, a guy like, um, you know, I'm just looking at the top scorers from last year, um, Atuesta, it was our, one of our, like, top 15 scorers in the league last year, like, In the regular fantasy league i don't know if he scores as high because he doesn't have many goals and assists but tons of passes tons of defensive actions those kinds of things Um, so having just that scoring that kind of more reflects like what actually happens on a soccer field too and being able to adjust that as we go like or season by season saying hey you know certain positions looking really strong because clearances were way overvalued one year and so Kendall Waston carried me to a title, and that was great. I mean, adjusting that,
2: but that doesn't happen. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Yeah.
4: yeah, let's go.
5: That has to be the, the single most frustrating thing from a fantasy perspective uh, with a player like Kellen Acosta or Darlington Magnby. You know their value, they're, you know they're excellent players, but from a traditional fantasy perspective, such a bad pickup. Now
1: we have a we have a, a yearly debate on kellen acosta oh that just absolutely that absolutely just it's destroyed so I, I please refrain from from that as like, right there are, there are players that are undervalued by uh by certain metrics and look like i referenced beforehand we're not associated with asa american soccer analysis but uh we have a lot of influence from that right a lot of us are coming from the analytical perspective so you know we we don't base our point scoring off of expected goals uh just because it takes it at the time when we started it wasn't an automatic process we wouldn't necessarily have it uh down by sunday night so it made it a little bit hard um i suppose we could probably look at that now eric (laughs) it it keeps coming up now and then like (laughs) are we
4: gonna do this
1: (laughs) yeah But at the same time, uh, so we have four different independent scoring areas. Uh, That's general, which is uh, minutes, pass, uh, cross, goal scored, uh, if you score a penalty goal, and then an assist. And those have different values associated with them. Then you have attacking, which is whether or not you created a shot, and then where you created that shot. Um, is it inside the six? Is it inside the 18? Is it outside the 18? Um, did you create a key pass? Is that key pass a through ball and then the dribble? Uh, then we have defending. Uh, those are aerial duels, interceptions, tackles, clearances, and block shots. And then lastly, you know, we have goalkeeping and discipline. So whether or not you created a, you committed a foul or got a red card in the second minute, to you know. So I've
2: always. <laughs> enjoyed MLS Fantasy so much because I believed, well, I do believe, and I think it's a fact, that it rewards players more for what they actually do during a game than other fantasy systems do. But this just takes it to a whole other level this is like who scored level stats right here and and i know we've had this discussion often on this show uh and, and i have always tended, tended to err a bit more towards a more simple game mike does believe that it can be complicated if as long as the rules are explained well so mike is this sounding like something that interests you
0: yeah i mean if, if one of my questions probably for them is how is scoring done and can you look up the scores? Because, I mean, for me, as far as, what you know, for the general MLS game, a big question is whether or not this will appeal to casuals because they're looking to get more players in and or because MLS has to fund it because it's not volunteers, um, So that's always an issue that we have to deal with in the fantasy game because every time we have a cool idea, it's like, well, is that something that normal players, whoever that is, is going to be interested in?
1: No, I think that's a fair question. And all of our information comes from, like you referenced who scored. We pull all this stuff from who scored. So ultimately this is Opta data. And to be perfectly honest, uh, from there, we even uh, kind of sometimes have cross-referenced it with, uh, does this match up with some of the stuff in the ASA's database? Do we, <laughs> do, uh, do we have stuff missing that we shouldn't have? Uh, we've and, had that and, in the
0: show league was like which uh provider are we looking at for this um particularly when you're talking about like shots in the box or not i uh, know that's a huge
1: <laughs> no <laughs> do y'all that's... hand
0: grade each player or how is it automatic at all how, how do y'all do that eric that? why don't you take
1: this one buddy <laughs>
4: it is all in in google sheets we've, we've got a google yeah. sheet set up for each match day or i mean it's one one document but for the whole season and We go in there and, you know, I look up, okay, I've got Sebastian Blanco. How many, you know, did he play the first half? Did he play the second half? How many passes did he have? How many shots did he have? Where were they from? All those different categories. Um, It takes a little bit once, you know, to to get used to it. But once you kind of get into the flow, it doesn't take too long to score a team. Uh, But yeah, we're we're scoring it all
1: ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, And we do have a policy that if it's within five points um, it gets redone. Uh, it gets get rescored by uh, a third party, uh, somebody else within the league will volunteer most of the time. Eric, is up that <laughs> unless he's involved, so because uh, we'll just be honest, uh, things that aren't nailed down, having to score your team. There's a lot of people that don't, as you said, filthy casuals, right? Like you know, <laughs> there, we have we have a couple in our league that are like, no. I want to be in this league. This is a blast. This is awesome. I don't want to do the scoring every week. And so, uh, <laughs> hey, how about I slide five GAM your way and you take care of scoring the rest of my season? And, Are these
2: Cincinnati uh, people here? That sounds like something we would do.
1: Vancouver, oh, yes. Canadian, um, even.
2: Not queen of the nerds thing. or anything. <laughs> we don't need GAM. Uh, we send that the Philadelphia will take that. Uh, that's wild. So, do you do fractional points, or are they are full points?
4: Yeah, no, I. Uh, so, like a pass is worth point zero five points. Okay. That, you know, we could run through the whole list, but that's probably more than you want. No, to I think that, that says it. That says everything. <laughs> they so right the one so 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 the, the thing I'll say is like is there so like defensive actions for example. Pretty much every defensive action is point three five points except for a blocked shot is one point three because that's like that's more valuable than an interception attack tackle a clearance so it is they're you know they're they're not all like the same um, so we've things that...
1: yeah so we've gone ahead and we've everything's based off the value of a pass basically we established what we thought a, a pass was and from there everything is prorated off the pass, how frequently a defensive action happens based off of a pass. Um, that way you have guys that are in, you know, uh, systems such as uh, let's take, for instance, and I, for some reason, can't think of a possession-based team. Uh, let's take Portland, for instance, who seemingly wants to be a possession-based team or something. <laughs> uh, they, for whatever week, you're, you're not necessarily – it's going to balance out over the course of the season, whether or not you have a possession-based player or you have a, a DFA-style player. Now, you can attract those players, but those the system itself, the, the point balance, assumes that they're going to be based off each other. And so you're not necessarily having something that's out of whack. And we, like Eric even mentioned, we kind of try to go back through there and try to go back and see what's out of balance right now within our system um, on the – in the off season, what's you know is there a change tactically within the way that the the league is approaching certain defensive strategies, which makes you know let's say just say crosses more numerous? Uh, is there something that's creating more aerial duels than what we had the previous two seasons, so that makes the point system a little bit out of whack? These are things that we constantly discuss and are are constantly wanting to tweak and argue about. It's, it's fun.
2: All right, every back to you for a second. Uh, I would just, I'm just curious, how do you all match up players? Because what I'm, what I'm, what this picture I'm seeing, painted between both of you guys right now is the Nerd League. This is like fantasy FIFA, or, or no, 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 no. Maybe, maybe this is better. Like, um, uh, oh shoot, what's the Football, football, manager. football manager, yes, this is fantasy football manager, thank you. So fantasy, fantasy football manager, and then yours is like fantasy, fantasy MLS, so it's fairly similar at throws in the draft that a lot of people have always wanted. How do you match make though? Like, do you decide that ahead of time, or what, is, what does that look like for, for when you're pairing up each week?
5: So we work on a schedule ahead of time, uh, and I'm trying to remember, there, there's a an, uh, website and a program that we used to kind of build out a weekly schedule like you would with any actual league that you might be running and kind of um, run through, all right, we're going to have, you know, by weeks based on X, Y, and Z, um, you know, certain amount of weeks based on the number of teams and number of games that we're playing. Um, We end up finishing probably, say, maybe two-thirds into the actual MLS season, so we're not going the full length. uh, Okay.
2: So, do you do a playoff, or do you have just uh, like a supporter shield?
5: We do. So, there is um, there is, depending on which uh, level of the league it is, you have uh, for the first division uh, playoffs. Then you have uh, a relegation playoff um, for who's staying in the league, and then promotion playoffs for the subsequent. Uh, leagues below. We did mess around with a couple of alternate promotion methodologies. Uh, in the past, we did have uh, kind of a US Open Cup style and then a Champions League style. So we had a couple of people coming from D3 to D1 uh, in certain years, and uh, the imbalance was a little bit apparent uh, the year after.
3: but. We so yeah coming up from d3 that showed a little bit of an imbalance but the u.s open cup and champions league brings in a really interesting dynamic too because you can actually play against players on your roster because they're in separate leagues um what got really rough was when we'd have i think it was one of the show league guys came and joined d3 that year and d3 was literally a bunch of scrubs that year too so the rosters were horribly imbalanced like our show league guy had a killer draft and then was able to pull off a couple of trades and hit the waiver wire and had a team that nobody in D1 could ever Feasibly build because it just had too (laughs) many. It had too many big names on it, and nobody in D1 is going to let you get away with that. I think every time a new guy, a new major signing came through MLS, he picked them up in the waiver wire. Like there was no hesitation. Everybody's a little gun shy. I'm pulling the trigger on those new signings. Just grabbed every single one of them and just had a stacked roster and kind of rolled through Champions League. I don't know if they ended up winning it that year. I can't remember, but we've had some of that imbalance too. So it, it's really interesting to see how the top league fares against some of the lower leagues in those uh, interleague play, because it's, it can be really unbalanced teams if you get a little bit top heavy in one of those bottom leagues.
5: Well, we've had a couple bizarre scenarios as well. Like there are To your point, there have been people in D3 who really didn't belong in D3, Mm -hmm. uh, either because we're placing them there because they're new, or maybe they're returning folks who've been in D1 for years. Uh, I'll give the example of Jason. Jason stepped away uh, temporarily for a little bit, and now he's back. And again, uh, a guy with a D1 pedigree playing against relative newbies, really severe imbalance. But uh, we have scenarios where people will drop mid-season, then somebody has to come in and kind of... uh, pick apart the pieces of a really shambled roster or um, homerism takes over, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a guy who's been playing in our league for years. who's a massive Columbus crew fan. Uh, and you know that if you've got a crew player, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be able to pull off a pretty imbalanced
3: trade. Oh, what he so would give for Zardes today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Harrison, same would question be for you guys. More less
0: than you blame a <laughs> uh, oh, oh, whole lot more. Hit the, hit the lot rock lot the Blaine
2: stash. Uh, same question to Eric and, and Harrison. How do you guys do your matchmaking and what's the metaphor of deciding the overall winners?
4: Yeah, so we, I mean, we set a head to head schedule before the season starts. Um, we do, So we do uh, split season, um, you know, Liga Ameki style, the apertura and clausura. Um, I think it's 11 games. So, it's, you know, we're playing through the schedule once um, in each and then a playoff at the end um so it's like the winner of each season makes the playoff and then the next top two overall um also get in and then the the winner of that at the end is our our champion for the year um, I was gonna, I was gonna joke not to pick on on one person too much tonight, but talking about homerism, I think we have one person in our league who has like seven Vancouver Whitecaps on the team.
1: So, you
4: know, no, <laughs> no, no names mentioned there, but uh, she knows but, who she
1: is. But but she still had <laughs> Ibrahimovic fate. and still won that championship. That's true. She cling. won the league last year. So. <laughs> she's gonna cling to that. She rolled with that. That's and, the bait. Uh, oh. Yeah, Yeah, put us all the shame.
2: You know we are very good friends with our uh, Switch the Pitch. Uh, I guess I was gonna say fellows, but they're, they're uh, formerly MLS female, now Switch the Pitch, and we've had a very good collaboration with them. So I think we need to give props to to the ladies that are doing well and kicking butt in in the Nerd League and other leagues as well. So there you go. Regardless if you're a Vancouver Homer or
1: not, <laughs> she so. she she's got the, she's got the rings now to to. Uh, over a couple guys that have been so close the last two last three years we we have guys that have been in the finals back-to-back seasons with nothing uh so yeah it, it for her it's definitely something that, that she her, her queen of the nerds uh reigns on on twitter so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that just needs to be like the title Queen of the Nerds. That's for whoever wins, regardless of gender. They're just the Queen of the Nerds. That's that's the the name of your trophy. Is what that's going to be. All right. So those that's these are really cool systems that you guys have going. Both systems. Like I've I've dabbled a little bit with the Facebook one that you guys have, and this is just intense and really does appeal to some of the statty things that I like as well with the Nerd League. But we can't just end here. We've got to ask some questions about the game that. I'm going to say the majority of players are involved with the official game. The reason people are listening to us here. So I want to get your feedback. And uh, Mike and Blaine, please jump in at any time here. About some of the elements from your systems that you think could do well in the broader public game. Uh, I'm going to let you nerd guys think on that for a second. That might be a hard one. So we're going to go with you first every because uh, there may be an obvious answer, but what do you think could transfer well to the official MLS game that you guys are doing?
5: I think just uh, the draft style, quite frankly, uh, you know, we have various levels uh, of leagues within the official game, whether you're competing against, you know, fellow uh, Vancouver Whitecaps fans, or maybe you have a closed league from a group of friends that you're working. If you could do a draft style within kind of those um more private leagues i think that would appeal to a lot of uh, folks
2: would you oh blaine's got got (laughs) lily here lily and her bear right there have you found that that might be an easier answer now than it was a few years ago that was always my hesitation about draft was the ability to build a quality team with the the player pool that we had
5: it's definitely improved over the years, uh, I, I still think it, there is a level of intimidation in terms of the uh, the newcomer and to a certain extent, I think, having, you know, we uh, team of the week and that kind of thing uh, it has helped a lot of folks who are newer to MLS and to MLS fantasy whole well, uh, on the uh, the official website, but I think. Looking at past years folks are starting to get uh, you know a picture of. You know who are traditionally some of the better players in the league um or even if you just watch the, the league casually you're going to kind of pay attention to who some, some of the more you know well known guys are and a lot of the time that will match up to you know being a success in terms of you know score points like you know Zlatan came into the league obviously a well-known name a lot of folks was you know the coveted number one overall pick in in a couple of years in a row so
2: all right, Eric, Harrison, same question. You've had your time.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really tough one. And, and look, it, it, it's exactly how you said, right? MLS is for the broad appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the MLS fantasy itself is for broad appeal. And I, I, I think that we shouldn't discount that because it's really important to be able to gather individuals that want to know the game a little bit and throughout sports fantasy is a way to do that and to connect and to understand some of the deeper levels of this team oh this guy's good because i know he scored x amount of points week over week right so you identify with these things Uh, i i think that you could probably establish a deeper rule set or provide some custom uh customization to MLS, uh, God knows we would love to, to move this off of Google, Google Sheets and be able to uh, post this somewhere to where they just said, here's the keys. You customize this the way that you, you want. And so that would be the thing that I'd want is to take the draft, like uh, whatever he talked about. And then also, you know, uh, MLS just say, customize it the way you want um and and obviously it can't be so customizable you know i I work in it i understand that that's a huge ask right like that's (laughs) that's illogical uh but at the same time i while every kind of alluded to it you learn more and more about these rosters uh, the more and more you play because what for three seasons two seasons we had the uh we had the honorary uh come uh Kamara award uh trophy uh because uh, over uh, in montreal uh the center back Kamara ne- never got picked he would go play 34 games year over year mm-hmm. in-, in montreal he would throw up something like uh, 250 points which in our league uh anything over 300 is great uh so 250 is nothing to sneeze at that's very uh, pretty good <laughs> and no one was picking him up for like three straight years we I mean, just he just falls below the radar and i think you know when you play these types of games you kind of learn these sorts of things right you you start seeing oh there's this player oh this player is almost always available so if i need a center back i can go here and you just learn little things and, and yeah it, it kind of changes with the people you play with you know certain players aren't available because Hey, this guy lives in Toronto, Montreal, and he kind of hoards those players now. Uh, <laughs> but you know, maybe uh, maybe there's a player that lives in Dallas and he collects all the Dallas players. But you start understanding who's available and who's not, and I think that that's a key aspect of any type of fantasy league is starting to identify players and player val- uh player. I don't want to say player value, but player associated ability, I guess maybe um, because then you just kind of have a little bit more intrinsic knowledge about the league as a whole. Yeah. The other thing I'll add, um, I mean, so
4: like the scoring piece, Will Trapp in our league was like a eight, nine point player solid. Like every single week you knew he was going to get like eight or nine points, which was a really, which is a really solid score in our league um, for the last few years. Like he was never going to go above that because no assists or goals, but he was never going to go below that. And a guy like that, and in, in, I think in the regular MLS fantasy game, doesn't quite, you know, they're mm-hmm. not someone you're yeah. ever going to put on your team.
3: Exactly. Um, the other
4: thing I was actually thinking that would be kind of cool to see from, from the other um, league we talked about tonight, is it'd be cool to see different divisions in the MLS fantasy mm-hmm. system. You know, have, have that like, you know, fourth tier where new players, players who, you know, are learning the game, can get in and like feel like they're winning. Right. It's, it's, it's an easy in. it helps you kind of feel good about the game and then start to work your way up to where you're competing against the better players. Um, I think that'd be kind of a cool thing to see. And I think they've done a little bit of that this year um, with some of the new features, but I think that'd be a cool thing to see just like top to bottom.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. The, uh, The little champions league system set up does capture some of that with the top 50 each week if if we ever get to see that play out to its (laughs) to its fullness i mean i'm i'm pretty high i'm I'm in the eligibility currently so i'd be okay if this this first half just just pulled those guys (laughs) in so works for me uh blaine mike some
0: follow-up questions um, I, I have a question. Um, how do y'all, how do your leagues deal with double game weeks or international breaks? Cause I mean, obviously, you know, one of the reasons we went to more limited unlimited transfers was because casual players got frustrated with having to schedule double game weeks, you know, weeks in advance or international breaks and all that. So that's kind of why we ended up going with an unlimited transfer system. How do y'all do it with the kind of closed, you know, you have you have at the start of the year.
5: So with respect to uh, international breaks and uh, just shorter game weeks, we do try and um, plan the, the game weeks around that. So if we know that you know, there are, are only going to be, say, five teams playing that particular week, uh, we'll usually have that as a bye week. Uh, with respect to the double game weeks, um, we try and simplify it. We just take the highest of the two scores.
3: Yeah, that was going to be. I was, Reed, you asked that question. What rules do you want to see carried over? And we got our rule in with the taking the highest of the double game weeks this year. That one came in. That was that was fun to see. We thought that was probably the easiest to transfer straight up. Um, go back to that one. The one, the other one I want to see is kind of what Nerd League does. I want to see fractional points in MLS. I'm I'm <laughs> tired of. I mean, a wing back gets plays his game, doesn't do much, gets an assist and scores the same as a center back who is doing a ton of defensive work, tons of blocks and interceptions. I want to see fractional points for everything across a block and interception and assist, whatever it is, however, those break down. That way you can really differentiate these players. Um, a wing back playing 90 minutes and one assist in that is, it didn't do as much work as a center back who got the three bonus points, putting up all those other stats. I want to see it broken out that way. I think it would, create a more robust game and I don't think people care so much about the scoring mechanism. They care about the end product. Um, I know I've played fantasy football a few times and I never really cared much about how they scored their points. I cared more about how many points they averaged. And as long as I saw a good number, I was happy with that. And, as a more casual, I think that would work. I think that would translate over to MLS as well as if you did that and just had the fractional points and a little bit more robust scoring system, people wouldn't care. They'd see, oh, Vela in the new system got 25 points this week, while um, while a not so premium forward got 15. That's that's uh, that's enough of a break, but that's uh, not not so much as to be too convoluted and people wouldn't just go, oh, I don't like these scoring systems. I can't make sense of it. they just go, oh, that makes sense, and they'd be done with it, and they'd go with it. And I think that would translate really well and be really not too hard to implement, actually, and it makes every action worth something and not just hitting a threshold because I don't know how many times you lose a game in our league every, with um, one of your defenders being one block or one interception away from that extra, that extra bonus point and, and things like that. So it it can be a little frustrating to see thresholds not be met. Whereas if every action is worth something, it it just seems to make a better game.
5: The the bonus points are something that continuously frustrates me year over year, because we'll have situations what? particularly.
2: I love them. I love <laughs> with, our bonus
5: points. Uh, the rechecking of scores to, to Eric and Harrison to your guys' point. In terms of uh, you know when games are within five points, we have plenty of scenarios in the basically same situation where we're checking and rechecking a couple times over. You know, the Sunday night versus uh, the Monday afternoon of have those bonus points changed because that could totally swing the you know the end result of a game. So,
2: so we had a question come in from Adam, one of our uh, chat in our chat members, one of our listeners. And we talked about what you guys thought maybe could be implemented from from your games. But he wants to know, do we think that the auction style or any other special rules will ever be an option? So not just what could work, but do you think one day we would see draft or some of these specialized rules that not necessarily your homebrew systems, but just some homebrew systems right now are working with, could that filter into the more pre-packaged general league
3: i've all but offered james pretty much everything that we do in our league to help get coded and put on the mls website to run a draft league um i i tried to sell that to ben bear too but i don't think he really wanted to listen to me on that one but um and I mean, I'll say here publicly, if the MLS guys wanted to talk to me, I will, I'm not asking for any pay or anything. Jason put this whole thing together. I don't want to take his work, but I'll take kind of the rough framework that we've got and will, I, I'd gladly help set that up over there and do that because I think as the game goes, I think draft is just fun when you can grab 10 people and have a platform ready to do it. I know every works with it. Um, we all have weekly role, weekly jobs that we do in our league. I mean, we're, we kind of help admin that one. And there's a lot of time commitment by the guys who run that. It would be so much nicer to have it all built into a website permanently that does everything for you instead of having to go out and do it by hand all the time. And I would gladly help get that set up on MLS. And I think James is kind of receptive of that right now. I think he sees um, a need for a draft platform and there isn't really one out there. I know MLS fantasy draft or whatever.com was there a few years ago, two years ago now. RIP. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it died. It just didn't get enough player base. And I think there is a market for one and, the scoring model's already in place on the MLS website. The website's already up. There's a fantasy link already there. Like, it, it takes a little bit to add something, but it shouldn't take a ton to add something. You'd be adding a waiver wire and a few other pieces to it. But beyond that, um, and I've got a little bit of a coding background, too. It, it would be a little bit to set up, but I think you would get the returns on that one pretty easy because... It's really nice when you can say oh go grab 10 buddies share get all get in the same room and do your draft and play People get invested in draft it's why it's the fantasy football model. You're not competing against hundreds of thousands of other people every year that watch it. you're competing against your 10, 12, 15 guys that play the league, play the game with you every year and you get those repeat you get that repeat business on those websites. I think MLS could harness that and I'm I'm trying to work on James as best I can to get that added.
5: Blame to your point, the the amount of work that uh, we had to do in the background, particularly what Tyler did a couple of years running, just putting in and maintaining the entire NLS player database, mm-hmm. so that we could link it to rosters and make sure that uh, you know if uh, you know player wasn't showing up twice, make sure that you know if that player was selected, then you know they couldn't be picked up by somebody else, and all. all just all the little nitpicky things of, you know, running those, those Google Docs, or Google Sheets, rather, and uh, just maintaining the the league on a weekly basis is more work than you would anticipate.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and to your guys' point, right? Absolutely. It's, it's a better system for players in general, but financially, MLS will pivot to it. I, I think eventually, when it becomes, uh, when they have such a player base that you start anticipating you're going to get your you're going to you're going to get your investment back on what you put into this and yeah they absolutely will and, and i i don't laugh because you know i think that your guys is what you've met blaine is outside the box or unique in any way <laughs> so <laughs> uh, believe believe me when i say that uh, i i get your pain um, I think it'll happen though. I think it's an eventuality. It just MLS has to start reaching that point that they're that they know they're going to get their investment back and and whatever they put it into. And I think that's just I think right now for more management style to see that investment and to want to buy into it. Um, they're just going to need to start seeing those numbers. And I I think it's still not quite there in terms of what they expect in participation and not just participation, but yearly, you know, you don't have these clowns that uh, sign up for the first three weeks and then go away.
2: All right. So I have one final question and it's just a fun question uh, before I see it. Blaine and Michael have anything else? And I'll let you all do your, do your plugs for where people can find out more about these awesome games that you're doing. The final question I have is, if you had to pick between one of these three niche fantasy games, which ones would you pick, since we can't be playing our preferred fantasy games right now? Would you pick, start with you, every would you pick Fantasy League of Legends, Fantasy Rocket League, or Fantasy E-MLS?
5: I gotta say, I'd probably have to go with uh, with Rocket League on this one. Uh, okay. No disrespect to e and mls but um, uh, there, there's a little bit of uh, a tension among the Philadelphia Union community for some uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it e, e transfers in the last year or two. No. Eric. You know,
4: I I think fantasy EMLS just because I know very little about the other two, so that's the one I feel like I would like do decently at because I could watch it and be like, all right, I know what's going on here.
0: Mike, I would go with uh, fantasy Rocket League because I'm still angry at fantasy EMLS or EMLS in general for how much publicity they get over actual fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>
3: Blaine. Uh, you know, I don't follow any of those, really. I'll throw it out. That's uh, why it's a fun two. question. Oh, I know, you're no, breaking the
2: rules. We're going to Stardew Valley Fantasy right here is what we're doing. Okay, sorry.
3: No, there, there's, there's still a really robust and active um, Age of Empires 2 community out there playing. And I watch a lot of the international tournaments on YouTube. So, like, if I'm going to go Fantasy and something like that, I'm going to go Age of Empires 2 on that one. Well, I'm gonna go
2: with Starcraft, Alex. That's uh, that's the answer. Wings of Liberty, Harrison.
1: Yeah, I I really don't follow any of them to be perfectly honest. Uh, I could probably get down with Rocket League though. I'd feel like there would be a good way of of uh, evaluating and uh, consistently picking out who is succeeding. But that's the absolute nerd in me. I'd start over analyzing certain little traits. So. i can't Uh, wait to see that spreadsheet
2: (laughs) 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 very fun very fun no that question i came up with because uh skylar redpath uh, at DraftKicks on twitter was recently talking about fantasy rocket league and some of the crazy things they're doing so i was like i have never even conceived of something like that and i started stumbling upon all the other e fantasy leagues that they have out I think there. I that's so. less
0: of a fantasy game and more of a gambling problem. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean,
2: that... <laughs> That could be so... That could be so... Love you, Skylar. <laughs> uh, I, I think at least one of the leagues that we have do have a have a buy-in. I think they're coming up next week. But, um, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe... No judgment. a Judgment-free zone right here. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us tonight. Uh, we'll give you a chance to plug what you do. Uh, every... Where can people go to find out more about your league?
5: Uh, it's an excellent question. Uh, we are... <laughs> think we're actually a private or secret league on facebook but uh definitely open to opening that up to the public uh, in the coming years uh we're always looking for uh members to join and uh and growing that so uh if you can find it uh mls 11 on facebook or fantasy league yeah
2: what's the uh the facebook public group that you guys have the chat the forum
5: oh that is a major league soccer discussion
1: group there we go eric and harrison uh, yeah, we're a private league, so there's not much that you can re- you can hit us up. We do keep uh, Eric made the Twitter handle, which is really nice, so uh, you can uh, nerd league for the win. Is that FTW? yeah, nerd league ftw?
4: Is that the the Twitter account there?
1: And we try. I I think it's a really interesting uh, experiment in terms of understanding that player values. So we do try to tweet stuff out about what's kind of happening, not just. First, so you guys can know what's going happening in our league that you can't be a part of. But just so you can generally, I mean, it's the same reason why like Beckett would publish, you know, player or not Beckett, but uh, what are the Beckett was a baseball card. But there's a <clears throat> fantasy uh, company that would produce a magazine that just had player anticipated values, right? And I think it's I think it's a really interesting study when it comes to uh, auction values and correlating that to player predictive. Uh, player values to a team so we try to put throw that out there on the twitter and we have fun with that out there Uh,
2: your nli your nerd league index that's what you've got um that's a good point though i think a lot of people probably had these homebrew systems are private systems so um I'm going to modify what I did just ask and say if you are interested in some of the things that you've heard tonight about these systems, these are ways where if you want to reach out to these guys to learn a little bit more, then that's that's where you can find these people's presence on the interwebs. And maybe, maybe if you're lucky enough, one day there'll be a spot open that you could, you could fill in and and join one of these elite leagues if you want to make your own so i think that's what it is is Mm -hmm. it's more about where to find tools for people who think this is cool or just want
1: to give you a like or a follow so and and reed we're totally willing to share anything uh we have years of files that we can dump onto some poor soul uh they want to recreate or do some uh you know their own uh their own thing based off of what we've done. We're more than willing to team with other people and, and and create something and help them uh, also. So we, this isn't about it being just our private league, you know, it's just, we would love to help recreate it and give people uh, the same opportunities that we've made for ourselves. Awesome.
3: Yeah. I think that's us too. I mean, we're, we've always been open to expanding. We've had at most 40 players active at one time. Um, but our leadership circle is kind of tapped out on what we can handle and what we can run uh, with all the overhead. Uh, that said though, if you had a group that if you wanted to get in, I mean, you can contact me on Twitter. I'm always on the show and you can, I'm, I'm easier to find on the Twitter world for this. Um, if we had a group of 10 people that often said, Hey, we just want to run one kind of associated with you guys and be involved in your chat by all means I would I would vote to say yes let's get get everybody in and if you guys want to learn it and help run a league and then promote into our other leagues that's fine too like I'm I'm more than willing to expand uh, but our big hang up has been just manpower and I'm sure nerdly league guys will tell you the same thing It's they it'd be great to expand but We've got to have some buy-in to make sure it can get run properly and have people helping out do all the back end stuff that usually only a handful of people do every year. And it's those few it's those few people and I gotta shout out my my team with uh, Tyler and Jeff and Every's on there. And there's a few other names out there that do a lot more back end work than I do on on the site and on the league that keep it running for everybody and we've got we've got 36 players this year, but I know only about 10 of us are like super active doing stuff. Probably I'm not one of those. I don't think so. I just a small group of guys take care of the bulk of the work to keep it going. Um, and just, if you're willing to put in that work and run a league, anybody can run one of these leagues. It's not terrible. It's just, you got to be willing to put in a few hours a week to make sure it works. Yeah.
5: Shout out to Connor and Cody in that respect as well. Been a huge help. See, Blaine says this,
2: but yet I send him DMs on Twitter, and I will wait hours for a reply. But (laughs) it's true. He is on Twitter. Uh, Mike, any final words from you?
0: Uh, Nope. Just uh, stay safe. Stay home. Stay stay safe.
2: Yes. uh, I reiterate that. Everyone, please do say, as we like in Kentucky to say, please do stay healthy at home uh, during all this. Hope this podcast can can help. And uh, this will be up on... Our uh, RSS feed through SoundCloud uh, maybe tomorrow. uh, That's with the crazier work schedules and a little bit different soccer schedules it's taking a little bit longer sometimes to get some of this stuff edited but it'll be there and then i think next weekend i'm going to try to put the mls history onto mlsfantasyboss.com so if you just listen to those shows but want to kind of see some visuals i'm going to try to find some pictures as well of maybe the old logo splash screens at least if i could find some pictures of what Mm -hmm. the team the teams looked like i think i found a really old one of what the original game may have looked like. I'm going to try to put some of that on there as well. So that's going to be uh, a weekend project, I think, over at Fantasy Boss. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for coming out and hanging out with us tonight. I hope everyone had fun. And, of course, good luck.